Five Eerie Unsolved Mysteries from Texas. In Texas, everything is bigger. But while this big state is known for its cowboys and stakes, they also hold some of the most terrifying unsolved murder cases around. These are five eerie unsolved mysteries from Texas. Number five, murders at Orchard Apartment. It was 1979 and Houston, Texas was in full oil bloom. Thousands rushed to the town hoping to strike it rich. As a result, hundreds lived in efficient apartment complexes catering to a younger crowd. One of these was the Orchard Apartments. On July 27, 1979, Bob Smith, a co-worker of Alyssa Rankin, dropped by Orchard Apartments to pick her up. Rankin had asked Smith for a lift since her car was being repaired. Smith approached her door and immediately felt something was wrong. Her front door was slightly ajar. He looked in to check on his co-worker and saw Rankin nude in bed. Her feet were bound and a pillow covered her upper body. Smith removed the pillow and was shocked to find that Rankin's head had been removed. When police got there, they traced the blood trail, presumably from the bleeding head, It led out the apartment door, into the parking lot, and likely into a car. It has never been found. Fourteen days later, at an apartment two floors above Rankin's, Mary Calcutta was found dead inside her bathroom. The 27-year-old had been sexually assaulted, like Rankin, but Mary suffered more than the previous victim. She had fought her killer, starting at the front door into the bathroom, where she was found. Calcutta was stabbed so hard the knife went through her and bent the blade. The same day Mary Calcutta's body was found, which was August 10, 1979, another body was discovered in a northwest Houston townhouse. This body was of Doris Threadgill. She was found when an exterminator walked into the home. The victim's throat was slashed so deeply that it almost decapitated her. As police tried to solve the other murders, two more had shown up later that year. Those around Freed Park in northwest Houston, five blocks away from Threadgill's home, heard gunshots and a woman's screams ring late at night on October 3, 1979. Police visited the home and a neighbor said a young woman was being dragged by the hair by a man in a cap. The residents stated they heard the girl screaming for help, When officers checked, they said there was no blood on the porch. Police then dismissed the sound of gunfire as nothing but firecrackers. However, the next day, authorities returned to the scene and did find blood on the porch. Later that day, they discovered the body of 16-year-old Joan Huffman. She was shot to death four miles away at Wontonga Park. That same day, Houston police were called to a used car lot where a blood-smeared white Dodge was discovered. Inside the trunk was the body of 18-year-old Robert Spangenberger. He had been dating Huffman, and his head had been cut off from his body. As curious as the case seems to be, the fact is police didn't find any physical evidence linking Robert's car and Huffman's death. Although physical evidence was re-examined in 2010 on the two sets of murders at the Orchard apartment, no DNA was obtained. Many believe all the killings are linked and it's likely the killer may have had other victims as well. Today, the Orchard Apartment murder cases remain open. Number four, Servant Girl Annihilator. 
The term servant girl annihilator might seem like a modern cyberpunk moniker, but it was actually the name given to a serial killer on a killing spree in Austin, Texas from late 1884 to Christmas of 1885. At the time, Austin only had about 15,000 residents. It was a prospering town with the state capitol building being constructed and attracting plenty of new jobs and workers to the area. Well-off families had black servants. These servant girls became the main target for the heinous killer. In 1884, Molly Smith was sleeping soundly in her room when she awoke to someone carrying a knife and axe. Smith was repeatedly stabbed in the legs, abdomen, chest, and arms, causing so much blood around her she looked like she was floating in it, according to one witness. Then on May 7, 1885, Eliza Shelley was attacked. She was found with her head nearly split in two. Again, the murderer used an axe. Weeks later, on May 23rd, Irene Cross was stabbed several times with a knife and almost completely scalped. After murdering the three servant girls, the killer attacked 11-year-old Mary Ramey. He dragged the little girl outside her home, raped her, and stabbed her through the ear. The next two victims were Gracie Vance and Orange Washington. Both were found with their heads bludgeoned in. But the annihilator wasn't done there. He continued his killing spree by committing two separate murders on Christmas Eve of 1885. This time his targets were white women. Susan Hancock, described as one of the most refined ladies in Austin, was murdered in her home. She was hit over the head and a thin blade was jammed into her right ear, penetrating her brain. An hour after Susan's death, 17-year-old Eula Phillips was discovered. Her head was cleaved with an axe. She had been raped and her arms pinned by timber. The murders caused a panic but back then there was no forensics and investigations were done manually. Officers arrested over 400 men on suspicion of being the annihilator, but no one was tried. Countless theories over the identity of who it was were passed down. Among the main suspects included a Malaysian chef named Maurice. He was working at the Pearl House Hotel in Austin during the killings, which was around the neighborhood of the murders. He also told acquaintances he planned to travel to London by ship in January of 1886, right when the murder stopped. Another suspect is Englishman and cotton merchant James Maybrick. It said Maybrick, via his journals, admitted to killing several prostitutes. He wasn't just suspected of being the servant girl annihilator, but also possibly the infamous Jack the Ripper. He was said to be in Austin during the dates of the annihilator murders, after Maybrick's death in May of 1889, the series of murders also ended. In an episode of History Detectives in 2014, they accused Nathan Elgin, a 19-year-old young black cook, to be the killer. He was killed by police in 1886 after he dragged a girl from a saloon where he was drinking. He died from his wounds and the murders had also stopped. There are also those that believe the killer simply moved on to another town and possibly continued killing. Whatever the case, today the mystery remains unsolved. Number 3. Amber Hagerman On January 13, 1996, Amber Hagerman was riding her bike in the parking lot of an abandoned grocery store in Arlington, Texas. 
Amber was with her little brother, five-year-old Ricky. After a short time of playing, Ricky wanted to go home, but Amber still wanted to play, so Ricky went ahead and left his sister to cycle alone. While Amber was riding her bike alone in the grocery store parking lot, 78-year-old retiree Jim Kevill was in the backyard of his property right next to the store. As he looked on, he saw a pickup truck pull over, a white man jumping out, then grabbing Amber. The little girl screamed, and that's when Kevill knew something was seriously wrong. He immediately called the police, and within minutes, they were at the scene, but it was too late. Amber and her abductor were gone. When Ricky had arrived home alone, their grandfather, Jimmy Whitson, got worried and headed to the store to pick up Amber. Once he got there, police were already on scene searching the area. The pickup truck was described as being dark in color, possibly black, and the abductor white or maybe Hispanic. Police carried out a huge search of the area and stayed on the lookout for the vehicle. The abandoned grocery store was located beside a General Motors plant, and police were certain the abductor was familiar with the surrounding area. Both the FBI and volunteers conducted a large-scale search in the days after Amber's disappearance. Although there were reported sightings of a similar vehicle seen outside a local laundromat before Amber was taken, that vehicle was never found. Four days after she disappeared, a local man who lived four miles from where she was taken was walking his dog. At the bottom of a local creek, his dog got excited over something, and when he went to investigate, he found Amber's body. It turns out, Amber Hagerman was kept alive for two days after she had been taken. An autopsy showed she had been beaten and sexually assaulted in those two days before her throat was cut and her body dumped in the creek. Police continued the search for the killer, but to no avail. There was hardly any physical or forensic evidence on the case since Amber's body was dumped in running water. What's more, there had been a severe storm prior causing more loss of evidence. Shortly after her abduction, Diana Simone from Fort Worth phoned a radio station and asked why broadcasters sent out weather warnings but did not provide an alert whenever a child was abducted. She reasoned if people had been made aware of what had happened right away, they would have kept on the lookout for the vehicle description and possibly helped. Her idea gained support and soon the Amber Alert program was launched. It is now in use in all 50 U.S. states, including Puerto Rico, the U.S. Virgin Islands, along with 22 other countries. As of 2017, the program has helped recover at least 897 children. As for Amber Hagerman's case, despite having over 8,000 leads and nearly 50 officers working on the case, it has remained unsolved to this day. Those with information are encouraged to contact Detective Ben Lopez, or the Tarrant County Crime Stoppers is a $10,000 reward for any information leading to an arrest. Number 2. Megan Curl Around 4.30 a.m., firefighters from the Lufkin Fire Department got a call about a fire at Fox Run Apartments, room 616. Firefighters rushed to the scene and broke through the front door in hopes of getting to the flames faster. Once inside, though, they discovered the body of a young woman tied to a bedpost in her nightgown with a plastic bag over her head. This woman was 26-year-old Lufkin, Texas native Megan Curl. 
Megan was last seen on the night of March 25, 2000. She had gone out dancing at a club called the Electric Cowboy. A regular at the bar, a lot of patrons saw her talking to a stranger. She had been seen drinking and talking with the mysterious man, and afterward, Megan left the bar by herself and moved to another bar across the street. When she was ready to go home, an employee from the bar offered her a ride. She was dropped off at her apartment building at 1.30 a.m., once there, she spoke to a friend and fellow tenant of the building. As they were talking, a vehicle sped up and suddenly stopped in the parking lot. Megan said it was someone she had met at the club earlier. Her friend left and went inside their own apartment, but worried for Megan, they went up to her apartment an hour later and knocked on the door. Megan answered. She looked fine, but the driver of the car was inside. Megan introduced the man as a friend from the club, the man nodded without saying anything. Once again, she asked Megan if she was okay and she said she was fine. Megan's mother believes her daughter had known her killer, otherwise she wouldn't have let him into her home. Despite an investigation, Megan's killer though remains at large. Number 1. Austin Yogurt Shop Murders Around midnight, on December 6, 1991, an Austin officer was on patrol when he noticed fire coming from the I Can't Believe It's Yogurt shop. He called it in, and soon firefighters were at the scene. Once firefighters were inside, they discovered four dead bodies. Three had been stacked on top of each other. The bodies were of teenagers Eliza Thomas, who was 17, Jennifer Harbison, also 17, 15-year-old Sarah Harbison, and 13-year-old Amy Ayers. Both the older teens were working the late shift at the yogurt shop while Sarah and Amy were helping to close shop since all four had planned to sleep over that night. The girls had been stripped of their clothes, which were used to bound them. Afterward, they were shot in the head execution style. It's unclear whether any of them were sexually assaulted. It's believed the girls were killed sometime after 10 p.m., since they were still seen alive by patrons a little earlier. During the investigation, police looked into plenty of possible suspects. This included serial killer Kenneth McDuff, who was in the area and had a history of murders involving teens. Over 50 people confessed to this crime, including McDuff, prior to his execution, but most of them were ruled out. Then in 1999, four suspects were arrested in connection with these murders. Apparently, two of the suspects had confessed to the crime. Robert Springsteen Jr., Michael Scott, Maurice Pierce, and Forrest Wellborn. All four friends were initially questioned eight days after the crime. Later on, charges against Wellborn and Pierce were dropped, and only those against Scott and Springsteen proceeded to trial. But the case had issues hanging over it. For one, there were accusations that the confessions were coerced. In 2006, Springsteen's conviction was overturned on the basis of an unfair trial. Then in 2008, both Scott and Springsteen requested DNA tests for other suspects. By 2009, both men were released on bond pending their trial. And in October of that year, the case was dismissed against both suspects because DNA from an unknown male was discovered on the youngest victim. Police said that the unknown male DNA simply meant a fifth man, but others say that the men were wrongfully accused 
and that the real killer was still out there. In 2010, one of the former suspects, Maurice Pierce, was involved in a struggle with a police officer. He pulled out a knife after a foot chase, and the officer, who survived his injuries, pulled a gun and shot Pierce. Today, the Austin Yogurt Shop murders remains one of the most brutal unsolved cases in the state. So there were five eerie unsolved mysteries from Texas. Murders happen everywhere, but in a huge state like Texas, it seems they have some of the most ruthless and bizarre cases we've ever seen. We have new videos every Wednesday and Saturday, so if you enjoyed this one, then please subscribe and hit the notification bell. Thanks for tuning in this week, and we'll see you soon.